Hi, I'm Andy McDonald, Senior Pastor of Whole Life Church here in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational congregation, a faith community committed to our mission to love people into lifelong friendship with God. And we're committed to our vision to be a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Well, welcome. We're so glad that you're able to join us for our worship today, wherever you might be. I hope that as you've been driving around your neighborhoods, you've noticed what I've noticed in mine, and that there just seem to be more Christmas lights than ever this year. I think people are ready to do something, and I hope that you're being pulled into the spirit of Christmas by everybody's celebrations, including your own. And I hope that maybe you'll be able to join us uh, this week, either virtually or in person for our candlelight communion service on Christmas Eve. As we begin, let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your love for us for being the surprising God who catches us off guard with the unexpected. And as we look at this story today, I pray that you'll, you'll just help us understand our role and our unexpected responsibilities with your gospel is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We're all wired just a, a little bit differently. Some of us thrive on the unexpected. There is nothing better than an unexpected adventure. We love to be thrown off kilter. We love the unknown. We relish the serendipitous parts of life. Even though we may have plans and timetables, there's something almost intriguing about a detour. On one of my last times driving up I-75 on my way to Chattanooga, my GPS alerted me of a bad delay ahead in the road and instructed me that the fastest route would be to exit the expressway and take an alternate route uh, along this road around this long delay. Well, obediently, I exited, and as did a number of others, obviously following their GPS. A few turns later, we were wondering if our GPS has lost it as we we're literally driving down a dirt road. <laughs> it wasn't what I expected. I figured we might find ourselves on some little-used country road, but I hadn't imagined that we'd be directed down a dirt road. What might have worried some, I, I found an adventure. I love to be surprised. There's not much better than reading than a good story that entices us down a path of thought. It pulls us into a line of thinking where it all fits and makes sense. And it's so logical and, and clear. And then in just a few words, we recognize that we've been chasing a red herring. We've been set up because all of a sudden, nothing in the story is as it seemed to be. We're caught off guard by the unexpected. Maybe that's where the Sunday afternoon drive originated. I remember when we would take Saturday afternoon drives when I was a kid. And for our family, it was like we were out looking, seeking, expecting the unexpected. What might, what might surprise us? What, what new road might we discover? What new bridge might we cross? What would we find? Often, at least in my memory, we'd park the car and walk down a country road. Bird watching was a family pastime, and we were always looking, hoping not to see the common crow or blue jay, but our hope was to see the unexpected migrant just passing through. I have to admit, I like the idea and practice of expecting the unexpected. Living with an edge of spontaneity, almost hoping someone will jump out from behind something to scare or surprise me. Some of you are wired just the opposite. You're planners. 
You want everything charted out, a clear map, a plan. You map things out, and part of your purpose in doing so is to avoid or try and mitigate at least the unexpected. Carefully, you think through all the possible eventualities that you can muster up in your imagination. You build plans within plans to prehandle whatever might come up. In a very different anticipatory way, you expect the unexpected, and then you carefully craft a strategy so the unexpected is no longer unexpected, or at least not prepared for, but rather it becomes planned for so you can retain the satisfying sense of control. For those of you wired like this, your best memories are when your plans all worked, everything clicked, people showed up, tickets were purchased for the right flight, the car didn't break down, everything was near perfect reflection of the plan that you had carefully crafted. Planners are why I think tours and cruises are popular. It may be true that more ground will get covered by those who plan so the unexpected is less unexpected. But they may miss the serendipitous as they stick to their plan. When you think of the unexpected, it is, is it positive or is it negative? When you think of an unexpected meeting with a person, do you most easily imagine a really great encounter? Or because it's unexpected, is it more sort of dreaded? When you think about something unexpected happening on a trip, Is that a car breaking down or the discovery of a great new restaurant? The price was so good that I couldn't resist, and for less than $50, I purchased tickets for our family to attend the Orlando Philharmonic's Home for the Holiday concert the Saturday night after Thanksgiving. I had heard that out in front of Dr. Phillips Center on the lawn, they had created little separate boxes where individual parties would be properly distanced from the next group. I was expecting a great experience on the lawn, listening to the Christmas music. We all, Vicky, our son, daughter-in-law, two grandkids, and me, loaded up and headed downtown. I have my favorite parking space when I go to Dr. Phillips, just about four blocks or so away. We parked there, had a great time walking to the venue. As we entered the front of the lawn, something didn't look just right. And I soon discovered that a whole different event was taking place there. So after conversation with the family, I ran back, got the car, picked up the family. I glanced at the ticket and gave an address to them to put into the GPS, and we headed to Bumby Avenue. I was confused when we arrived and found ourselves at the box office headquarters for the Philharmonic, but not at a concert. We studied the ticket further, put in the right address, headed for the park for the concert. Arriving late, we were motioned to a great parking spot right beside the entry. We got in line, and while our level of ticket was one where we were supposed to bring our own chairs and our blanket, and we had neither, we were unexpectedly ushered to a table with chairs. Where we enjoyed the concert, great evening. Later, we laughed that had we been on time, we would have been sitting on the ground further out to the sides of the crowd. The whole evening was one unexpected happening after another. Our scripture for today of an unexpected responsibility being delivered is is probably one of the most familiar Christmas story passages in all of scripture. When I was in first grade, Mrs. Maxwell, my teacher, had us memorize these verses. So here they are, though, from the New Living Translation. 
So that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll you'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Now, as if that radiance wasn't enough, all of suddenly there's this, with the angel, this huge, vast host of other angels, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, hey, let's go see, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Ellen White, in her book, Desire of Ages, writes of these shepherds that maybe they were sitting around their campfire, engaged in conversation, campfire talk, and maybe the conversation turned to politics, their nation's reality of Roman occupation, that they longed for their national sovereignty to be restored. Maybe they questioned when the long-awaited Messiah would come. It's not hard to imagine these shepherds on the bottom of the societal ladder dreaming of rising up from being shepherds to being owners of their own farms, to being lords and rulers of the land. For them, it's it's an around-the-campfire illusion of grandeur fantasizing conversation. In their less imaginative moments, they know their responsibility, and their only responsibility is to guard and protect the sheep. Maybe some are familiar with Daniel's prophecy, and and they begin to speculate as to the timetable. They they fantasize of what it will mean when Messiah comes, throws off the Roman yoke, assumes the throne of David. Times will be different. It will be better. Conversation picks up and then drops off, picks up and drops off. Watching over the sheep must be continued, even though sleep pulls at the shepherds. There's no expectation of what's about to happen. Why would there be? I mean, they were shepherds. No one wished to hear their opinion. They had no economic power. They got no respect. They were necessary. Sheep needed shepherds, but they weren't part of the social fabric, part of the movers and the shakers of their community. And there, and there were in that same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Just another night on the job. Common laborers faithfully doing their work. I find it refreshing that this is who is chosen to get the word. A couple of thousand years later, we know that this is a big deal moment, the biggest deal moment in all of the history of mankind. For all of the previous history, God has, in subtle and not so subtle ways, been trying to get his message across to humans. 
His message and invitation have been consistent. I'm with you. I'm with you. He creates Adam and Eve, and and he was with them. They sinned and stepped away from him and went and hid themselves, and he comes looking for them to be with them. And as we progress from Genesis through Malachi, over and over and over, God tries to be with his people. You remember at Sinai, he, he wants to come down and be with his people, and they're like, don't let that happen again. You know, they, they, want, they don't want him speaking directly to them. Even when he's rejected, he's, he's the comeback God, back to come back with his people. He says, I am with you, over and over and over. And then he asks, will you be with me? Over and over and over, it is like a lover proposing to his beloved. I'm with you. You've got me. And what I want to know is, will you be with me? That's the whole story. For some of you, this may be an unexpected story. But right now and every moment of time, God is reminding us, I'm with you. And he's asking, will you be with me? He comes as Emmanuel, meaning God with us. But we know us. We look in the mirror of all the living we've done, and it is easy to expect that God doesn't want to be with us. We shame ourselves, and if we're lax, other people will come along and help shame us from their perspective. Of all the places where we must grasp the importance of the expecting the unexpected is that God wants to be with us. God is constantly, incessantly proposing, I'm with you, and saying, will you be with me? All of the great controversy between Christ and Satan is about convincing us that God is for us, not against us. That God isn't selfish, but self-donating, giving himself up for our benefit because he wants his children with him. So here are these sleepy shepherds, dreaming of political emancipation from Rome, hoping for Messiah. And one moment, it is dark on the Bethlehem hillside just shadowy darkness. And then, bam, suddenly the darkness is overcome by brilliance unparalleled. And and while the light illuminates, it also terrifies. They've been had. All of a sudden, they're in the light. The light is exposing them. Maybe when they expect the unexpected from God, it isn't a pleasant thought. We know the angel's lines in this familiar play, fear not, don't be afraid. Why not? Because I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Tonight, God has arrived in the form of a baby. Tonight, what what every person on the planet needs has come, a Savior. It's the coming of the Savior that removes all fear. It fixes everything because salvation is always the work of the Savior, not the saved. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find him, a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And again, suddenly the angel was joined by the vast host of others, praising God, glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased The announcement, the first to hear that God has come to earth, is given to just some regular guys doing their everyday job. 
They weren't on a retreat hunting for the holy. They, they, they had to expect the unexpected, not the priest at the temple, not those Pharisees seeking to obey every law and the extensions of every law, laws upon laws, not the ruling Sanhedrin, not the political powerhouses. No, just to some bottom of the social ladder folks faithfully doing their job. Listen, expect the unexpected Because God loves to surprise. Those shepherds weren't looking for added responsibility. But when the light of the angel chorus faded and they shook their heads to clear them and they agreed that what they had just happened would really happen, they hurried. Some translations say they ran to go see this baby. And here it is, their unexpected responsibility. They told Everyone who would listen about what had happened that night, the angel visit, the descriptors, the directions, finding and worshiping the baby Messiah. It wasn't a bit like they had been fantasizing about earlier that evening at all. They were in the school of learning to expect the unexpected. Messiah as unnoticed, unwelcomed baby did not fit their expectations. But they knew what they had seen and experienced, and they took the unexpected responsibility to tell it to all who would listen. Jesus could have arranged a different plan. He could have had angels wake up everybody in the world and tell them Messiah has arrived, a bright light in every bedroom. He could have performed some miracle so everyone could see it in their mind's eye. But there was purpose to the ordinary, the one-on-one. The spreading of good news from lowly shepherds visited by angels. It's all part of walking by faith with God and expecting the unexpected. When Jesus is wrapping up his time walking this earth, he again did the unexpected. He said to his followers, here's the plan. As I've loved you, you go love. Love people into a lifelong friendship with God. Baptize them as my followers. Teach them to love. And and then then they can go love. And, And I'm with you to the very end of the age. My spirit will live within you. I've reconciled you to my father. We are one family. You've been adopted and all that I have is yours. Simple shepherds visited by angels, announcing God come to earth. God with us that that we might be with him. And now we can expect the unexpected. That the name of Jesus, addictions are busted. At the name of Jesus, uh, people are, are, relationships are healed. At the name of Jesus, there are cures for some and healings for all. At the name of Jesus, hope fills us for eternity is ours. From human calculations, it isn't to be expected. But with God, we can expect the unexpected. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace, and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. 
we discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. Thank you.